So good to be in the house of the Lord with you all on this beautiful day today. Isn't the Lord good? I said, isn't the Lord good? He is great and greatly to be praised this morning. And I'm so glad that we're in the house of the Lord together. You may have been, you may have had a rough week. You may have had a rough month. You may have had a rough year, a rough life. But I just want to tell you that the life giver is in the house today. And whatever you're going through, the Lord can turn it around for your good. I know it. I have seen him do it. And he can do it like none other. I want to welcome you into the house of the Lord today. If it is your first time with us worshiping, I hope you received a connect card on the way in. If you did not, be sure you stop and get one as you leave today. Fill that out and you can drop it off at the table as you leave. We just want to say hello and thank you and give you a little gift for being here with us today. So be sure you do that before you leave today. And as always, as your pastor, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness with your tithes and with your offering and your giving. Just this last week, your, your giving made it um, possible for us to open up our church to pastors and uh, uh, church leaders, spirit-filled leaders in this tri-state area of Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. And Thursday and all day Friday, they were right here for free. Uh, we didn't have to charge anyone because of your faithfulness and because of God's provision. And I tell you what, I said, first service, I feel like a, I feel like a youth pastor this morning that's been at a lock-in for two days because we've had church. We were here till 11 o'clock, I believe, uh, Thursday and Friday. I mean, we were moving chairs out. People were everywhere all over these altars. And I believe that same presence is here today. Amen. His same presence is here. But I just want to say thank you so much for your giving. And if you would like to give today, our ushers will be at the door as you leave, or you can go online at legacychurchrome.org, or you can text whatever that amount may be to that number on that screen. And once you get that situated, uh, set up, it's a very easy process. So thank you so much for allowing us to do ministry, not only here in our house, not only here in this region, but literally around the world. And I just want to say thank you so much. Who's ready for the word of the Lord this morning. Open up your Bibles with me to Job chapter 42 today. Job chapter 42. I want to remind you that uh, this coming Saturday is our is we're starting off our month with corporate prayer. We'll be in corporate prayer on Saturday, and then Sunday through Wednesday will be a time of fasting. As always, I'm not going to put any type of regulations or tell you what to be uh, fasting uh, in your life. Uh, I will let you decide that. But I want you to join. Join us over these next uh, few days, starting on uh, next Sunday, with prayer and with fasting. And Saturday right here, I truly believe, as you've heard me say it many times, that what God has been doing here this year has been because of you and I touching heaven with prayer and fasting. About 65 people have been saved this year right here. And I believe it's because we are touching the heavens. And he's opening up a door of salvation over this house. So I want you to join us. I'm begging you, come and be a part of what God is doing right here through us and in us. Job chapter 42, I'll be there in just a moment. But if you have been alive long enough, um, if you've ever found yourself in the middle of a, a struggle, in the middle of a valley, you have probably heard 
uh, you have probably heard or someone has said to you, do not question the Lord. And we see at times, even in the Bible, where there are people that are questioning the Lord. Uh, but it's one thing when God starts questioning us. Amen. Because when God asks us a question, it is not so that he can receive information, but it is actually so that he can give it to us. That's the way that God works. When he asks a question, he doesn't need anything from us, but he's trying to show and give us something. And in Job chapter 42, verse 1 through 5, the word says, then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. But you ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. For my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. There are things that are going on in your present. There are things that are going on in your present that you will not be able to see, that you will not be able to make sense of until the future. Just because something doesn't make sense now doesn't mean that it really does not make sense. For it could just mean that you have not gotten to the place in your life where God can make sense of it for you. Amen. And if we are all honest right now with ourselves, we could testify that there are some things even maybe right now that does not make sense to us in the then. It, 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 it felt hurtful then. You questioned it then. But when we look back at the then, we can understand it in the now. Because the very thing that I thought was destroying me, God was using to develop me. Amen. It's all about a principle of perspective. And I want to talk about and teach on that this morning, the principle of perspective, because where you sit determines what you see. And so often what you see determines what you will do. There are some things that you can see that I cannot see simply because you've been in the seasons that you are in. There are some things that you have been through that I cannot really associate myself with because I have never been there. It's not because those things actually do not exist, but it is because we are not sitting at the same place. Because where you sit determines what you see. Don't ever judge a parent who is trying to help a child. They're doing everything they can to get their troubled child some help. And so many times we say, why do they keep enabling them? Why do they keep spending their money on that kid? Don't judge until you've been there because sometimes until you see it, you can't understand it yourself. Because where you sit, 
what you have been through determines what you see. This is why you that you can leave some people dumbfounded. This is why some people are left confused and dazed when they look at your life and that whenever you are in the middle of uncertain seasons and you are still operating in hope, you are still operating in faith, you are still operating with conviction and they are looking at you and they are looking at other people who are in the same season of life and when it seems that everything is crumbling around you, some how you are still standing you are still in one piece your mind is still intact and they are looking at you as everyone else is having a pity party and you are having a praise break everyone else is having a pity party and you are having a praise party and everyone is trying to figure out how can you praise in the middle of this storm how can you stand strong and everyone else is, is, is talking about you oh they must be a part of that church that is, that is all fanatics um, there must be a part of that church where that pastor dances how can they do that how can they be walking around praising whenever everything is dark around them they must be in denial what are they smoking give me whatever they're smoking because there's no way they can be happy in the middle of sorrow no 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 you don't see what I'm seeing because you're not sitting where I'm sitting because whenever I got saved I got a new seat I started seated in heavenly places I got a new perspective of what God was doing and when I I see what the enemy meant for evil God is turning it around for good that's why I don't have to wait till the battle is over but I can praise him right now because where you sit determines what you see and whenever you get up in heavenly places you can start seeing things that the Lord is seeing and all of this is important because there will be times when we find ourselves in Job like seasons if you've never been in a job like season just hold on your chance is coming a job season job is a man in the old testament and his story is told in the bible in in a section that some theologians would call the wisdom literature it's a part of the bible full of lessons that god wants us to pull wisdom from a Job-like season is a season where you have to continue to press forward just so you don't fall backwards. Has anybody ever been there? It's a season where you have to keep pushing even if you don't see the answer. It's a season where you have to move on without closure. That is so hard in a relationship. You don't know why they left you. You don't know why they unfriended you. But you've got to keep moving on without closure. A Job-like season, they are seasons where God separates you from what you think you need and what you actually need. It is a season where you think you need the help of others but God is saying I'm not going to let you get the help of anybody else because you're going to have to advance without anyone by your side because I've already put something inside of you that can move you on maybe just maybe you don't need what you think you need to do what God has called you to do and I believe that throughout this last year God has had the church God has had people in this house in a weaning season because he's weaning you off of things that you've become more dependent on more than you have him because sometimes you don't know that the Lord is all you need until he's all you've got 
And when you understand this perspective, it helps you manage these seasons of life because where you sit determines what you see. So that means that there are times when I don't understand what God is doing because I'm not seeing what God is seeing, because I'm not sitting where he is sitting. I see today, he sees tomorrow. I see the crucifixion, he sees an empty tomb. And I think back to the story of Lazarus and the friends are sending a frantic word to Jesus. They say, tell him, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. And when Jesus hears the word, Lazarus is dead, Jesus says, Lazarus has actually fallen asleep. Now everyone else is saying he is dead, but from Jesus' perspective, he is simply asleep. And by now, everyone is expecting Jesus to come rush in. Why? Because Lazarus is dead. But Jesus, don't, don't you know Jesus always takes his sweet time because he thinks Lazarus is simply asleep. They are looking at the same thing, but they are not seeing the same thing. Jesus is like, I'm not rushing because you think I need to perform a resurrection. No, all I need to do is wake him up because what you see is death. I see somebody I can wake up in just a moment because what you see is not what I'm seeing. And in the Bible, we're talking about Job in 1-1, Job 1-1. And listen to what the Bible says about Job. It says, in the land of us, there lived a man whose name was Job. And this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned all evil. Wouldn't you love for the day of your funeral for someone to stand up and to be able to say those things about you? The Bible is giving details, somewhat unusual details. I, there's not many times where the Bible describes a man's character like that. It is like the writer is trying to get us to see that if anyone should have been able to avoid this season, it would have been Job. If anyone could make it through unfavorable times, if anyone could have jumped the hurdles, if anyone could have climbed the mountain, surely it would have been this man named Job. And one day, Satan is looking, prowling the earth like he does for somebody to destroy. And the Lord looks at him and says, have you considered my servant Job? Thanks a lot, God. Satan was like, are you serious? I just heard you describe this man as blameless and he fears God and he, he has shunned evil. What, God? No, Lord, I don't want this man. Give me somebody that I can conquer. And Satan says in Job 1.9, he says, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. He says, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything that he has? Did you get that? Satan says, is there not a hedge of protection around him? God did not say it. Satan said, does he not have something around him that I can't get through? So let's just look back. God says, hello, Satan, what are you up to? 
Satan replies, well, I've been all throughout Rome, Georgia, and I've been trying to find somebody's life to mess up. And God says, well, have you tried Job? And Satan says, well, nah, no, not really, because, well, didn't you put a hedge of protection around him? Are you getting it? Not only does Satan know who Job is, he also knows that there is something supernatural, a protection all around him. The question is, if God didn't tell him there was a hedge of protection, how did he know? Unless Satan had tried previously and he had just been coming and coming and he realized there is something special about this guy. Why can't I get to him? Why can't I get through to him? Sometimes you just got to have a praise break and thank God for the hedges that you don't even know exist around you. There are times when we are so focused on the things that got to us that we forget to praise him about the things that never got through us. All because of a hedge of protection all around us. The verse said, not only is there a hedge around him. Hmm. It said there was a hedge around his household and everything he had. That means not only is there a hedge around you and I, but there's a hedge around everything you have and everything you want. That should make you praise the Lord. So not only has he been trying to get to me, but he's also been trying to get through every person in my household. Have you ever found yourself in a season where it felt like everybody was under attack in your house? He was going through everything. Listen, there are people in your house. They want nothing to do with the Lord. You may be married to the person that wants nothing to do with church. They, 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 they can't stand it. You, you go through on, on Monday and you reserve seats for them because they told you that they would come. But come Sunday morning, it's like they fall into a coma and you cannot wake them up there are people in your house that want nothing to do with God nothing to do with church but guess what they are protected because of your faithfulness mm. Because of you, they've got a hedge around them. Well, I don't know why you go to church. I don't know why you, I don't know why you're walking around our house cleaning with this loud worship music on. You can't be cleaning with your hands up. I don't understand you. Ever since you've been going to that church, I don't understand what's going on with you. Oh, I don't understand. No, I'm not getting up. 9.15's too early. 11 o'clock's too late. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't know why you go to church. I don't know why you changed your life. I don't know why you're reading the word now. I don't know why you're not listening to days of our lives anymore. I don't know why you're doing all of this stuff. I don't know why. That's when you tell that kid, shut your mouth kid. If it weren't for my head, you'd probably be dead by right now. You ought to thank the Lord today. Then you load them up in a car and drop them off at DFAX on Monday morning. If the Lord tells you to. There are people around you that are connected to you because of your faithfulness. There's something going on around them. All because of mama's faithfulness. All because of daddy's faithfulness. Don't ever give up because your faithfulness has got a hedge around your household. Satan leaves this conversation with the Lord. 
And he begins to orchestrate an attack on one man, Job, like none that has never been documented before. And he's finding people and he's finding ways that can break into that hedge. The Bible says that a windstorm came. A windstorm. If Glenn Burns would have been alive, I think he would have called it a tornado. A tornado comes and hits his children's home and kills his, all of his children. Legacy is gone. And while he is getting this shocking news that his kids are dead, someone also comes up to him and says, Job, I hate to tell you this, but all of your possessions have been stolen. Everything that made you wealthy is gone. Sorry to tell you that. And while he's dealing with this, someone else comes and gives him some bad news. Can you see how the devil is at work here? Can you see how the devil works in your life? It starts building up. The weight is becoming unbearable. I'm sure he was feeling, and I would guarantee you, he was the first one to say, if it's not one thing, it's another. I bet he was the first one to say, when it rains, it pours. And before the enemy takes you out, he will always try to wear you down so be careful whenever you are tired be careful whenever you start to feel weary and when he thought it was all over when he thought what else could happen to me my family my kids all of my possessions. He thought it was over and we flipped the page to chapter two and Satan comes around for round number two. Lord, Lord, what else is left for him to take? What else is left to steal? What else is left for him to do? Why would he come back for more of me? Because what he took the first time wasn't what he was really after. What he wanted was to break Job's commitment. With everything that he had tried, Job still would not denounce the Lord. He still would not blame the Lord. He was trying to get to Job's commitment. If I can just get him to stop trusting the Lord. The devil was after Job's commitment and the devil is after your commitment. You thought it was about a job. No, it's about your commitment. You thought it was about a lost child. No, it's about your commitment. He's tried to distract you on Sunday mornings. You woke up with a headache and thought, oh, no, no, no. No, I can't do this. You, he's been messing with your children. He has stole this and he has stole that. But that's not what he is after. He is after your commitment to the Lord. And that right there is whenever you've got to rise up on a Sunday morning and look yourself in the mirror and stand there and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though it's been hard, I'll still trust in him. Though my family left me I'll still trust in him though I lost my job I'll still trust in him though I've lost a friend though I've lost a mate guess what I will still trust in him because devil you can take everything but you cannot have my commitment now the devil has taken everything he had and he goes for his health when the devil goes for your health He's probably tried other things in your life. He's attacking his health. 
And how can we forget about the caretaker, his wife? She gets a bad, she gets a bad rep a lot of the times. People talk about her because she said, oh, Joe, why don't you just curse God and die? But before you cast a stone at the sister, you better hold on because can you imagine she too had lost all of her children. She too had lost all of her possessions. And now the stress and the anxiety of taking care of a man who seems like he's lost his mind. He's lost his health. She's taking care of, of a sick loved one. Don't lie. But how many of you know that stress and life's anxieties can cause you to say some pretty crazy things? So now every aspect of his life is unraveling. Everything, his health now, his marriage, his kids are gone. He has no possessions, everything. And then it happens. Job starts questioning the Lord. For chapter after chapter after chapter, we hear him talking and questioning the Lord and asking what it is. And the, and, and the Lord is standing there in silence for chapter after chapter after chapter. And in Job 38, three, the silence is broken when the Lord says, brace yourself like a man. I will now question you and you shall answer me. Mm. For all the time you've been questioning me, now let me question you. He says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? He says, tell me if you understand. Where were you then? Do you understand I created the earth? Do you understand that I, and I turned it with my breath? Do you understand that one day there was nothing but water and the spirit was moving over it and I created dirt? I created land out of water. Do you understand what I've done? Do you understand that I am Yahweh? Do you understand that I, that I separated the land in the air? Do you understand I put clouds in the sky and put water droplets in them and they fell to the earth and watered your harvest, how you got your wealth and it created an irrigation system? Did you even understand I created a system where it evaporates and it comes back? Do you understand it because you you think you understand everything tell me he said who marked off its dimensions surely you know right who stretched a measuring line across it or what were its footings set who laid its cornerstones while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy God is asking Job questions why he doesn't need information he's trying to give him some information when God asks a question of you he's not trying to get your opinion he's just trying to get you to see a new perspective and what was he trying to get Job to see he was trying to get Job to see that God is the ultimate source of knowledge. He was trying to get Job to see that his intelligence was far greater than Job's. Just because this doesn't make sense to you, Job, doesn't, make, doesn't mean that, that, that this doesn't make sense to me. My ways are greater than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I see something you don't even see yet. You see chapter 38. I've already written chapter 42 where I give you double for your trouble. He was saying, Job, you don't have to be certain about your troubles you are going through. You just got to be certain about me. The Lord never 
goes to Job and said, this is why your kids are gone. This is why your wife said, you might as well just die. No, no, no. He just said, do you know who I am? Have you forgotten I created the earth? So whenever you get filled with anxiety, whenever you get yourself in a Job-like season, when it feels like you're getting anxious over things that you don't know and you lean on the things that you do know, what do I know? What do I know? I do know that our God is good. I do know that he will never leave me or forsake me. I do know that greater is he that is within me than he that is within this world. I do know that I am more than a conqueror because he has loved me. I do know that no weapon formed against me shall I'll prosper and the Lord did not explain his problems he just says you need to know that I'm in charge here whenever you are faced with uncertainty in your life you've got two options one you can focus on the uncertainty of your issues or two you can focus on the certainty of the Lord That's your choice. Look back at the beginning text, Job chapter 42. All of this had already happened and Job replied, I know now that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Who is questioning me? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. He said, yes, I am upright. I am blameless. I am a blameless man. But I realized throughout this process, when I started seeing things that you were seeing, I realized I knew more about you than I actually knew you. I realized that I knew more scriptures and could quote more scriptures than I had spent time with you. But now, verse five, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. I had heard of what you could do, but now I have a new perspective because I'm sitting in a different place in a different season. I couldn't see it then. But now as I look back over my life, I had heard it all of my life. But now since I've gone through it, I, you have changed my perspective. And now my eyes can see that you were in the middle of it all. Can you just thank the Lord with me today? Come on, get upon your feet with me this morning. I'd heard it all of my life. But now my eyes have seen it. I had heard it. But now I've got a new perspective. And now I can see that what was meant to harm me, you've worked it out for my good. I was in a Job season where I had to keep pushing forward just so I wouldn't fall backward. I had to leave. I had to leave the season when there was no closure. I was in it. But now I look back, I've got a new perspective and I can see that your hand was all over it. Would you just raise up your hands with me today? Would you just close your eyes and bow your head today?
I want to pray for you today. If you're in this place and you say, you know what? I got a Job season. It feel like a windstorm has just been through my house, been through my life. I've, I've had a Job season where it just felt like, God, where are you? What is happening? You may be here and say, you know what? I want that hedge of protection, not only around my house, but my entire household and everything I have. Lord, I need you today. If you're here today, as they begin to sing, I want you to step out and I'm going to lay hands on you today. I want to pray for you. Come on. These altars are open as they begin to sing this morning. Come on, step out today. You say, you know what? I need a hedge of protection. I need, I need a new perspective. I need a new perspective. Lord, lift me up so I can see things like you. Come on, just come on and step out. I want to pray for you today. Come on.